more answers to more questions from a very curious viewer next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This is part three and our final program dealing with a long list of questions from a viewer who had uh, many confu much confusion, it seems, about polygamy and the polygamy groups and specifically the AUB polygamy group, the group that Cody Brown and his sister, sister wives belong to. Uh, Karen Bradshaw is with us again. She'll be our guest co-host to continue answering questions, sharing some of the inside experiences and information that she had while she was part of the AUB polygamy group. So I introduce Karen Bradshaw and welcome back as our guest. And thank you for sharing what you can and answering this lady's questions. Thank you for having me. Um, Karen was a guest a, a year, about a year, year and a half ago, and again, we're going to put the link on the screen so that our viewers can go and watch her interviews that uh, that she gave so generously gave us. It's um, What Love Is This TV episodes thirteen point oh seven through thirteen point eleven, where Karen told her story of coming out of polygamy, how she. Um, dealt with it, and there was a lot of pain and heartache in coming out, a lot of questions and doubts, but she got set free by Jesus, who promises to do the very thing that he did for you, right? Yes, <laughs> praise God. Yes. Now, there, um, they, these questions we'll put on the screen, and then we'll quickly answer them as we go through, and we'll also try and include some of the other polygamy groups in the, some of the answers as some of them deal with polygamy issues a little differently. So the next question is, do people uh, who leave the AUB polygamy group, are they able to leave safely? Um, can they, do they have to escape or can they just walk away freely without fear? Without fear? Uh-huh. No. I mean, there's so much fear in leaving. I'm talking about, well, I think <laughs> she's talking about, are they going to pursue you with a shotgun? Oh. Are they going to come and get you and force no, you back? they're not going to pursue you with a shotgun, but your mind is. You're so trapped because of the... Well, I was raised in it, so I had night terrors. I had nightmares constantly. I was afraid I was going to hell, and I think a lot of women mm -hmm. deal with that That's who right. have been raised in it. That's right. So you really, really are trapped in it. Um and they're like and invisible then, prison bars, aren't they? They are like, that's why I love that scripture in Isaiah 61, 1, where it talks about Jesus uh, setting the captive free. Because yes. we are literal captives and mm -hmm. we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. We just think we're doing God's will, but we're following a false God. And, and, and the Bible says that, that we can be captive to do, captive, um, uh, taken captive by Satan to do his will. And that's basically what goes on, I think. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But Jesus came and sets us free from that. Yeah, so they are, you are trapped. And I did leave, but I had a lot of repercussions mm -hmm. from from my husband and just, yeah. I, I knew I, I was headed to hell. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it just terror, terrified yeah, I me. Too. I knew Terrified that too. me. But I didn't care. So I went back for four years to try to get repented, like, Penance, mm -hmm. uh, to do penance for penance, four years. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and then they actually finally said I could be rebaptized. But that's when I met Jesus, and he said, no, don't go that, don't go yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> and what a life that truth makes, right? Yes. 
Okay, her next question says, she asks, I actually read this. There are no corrupt officials covering up abuse relating to members of AUB. That really seems hard to believe. She wants to know, is that true? Now, my question, I'm going to add to this a little bit. How would members in the AUB know if other members who are in a different AUB community, like in Salt Lake versus the Pinesdale community, how would they know if an, an if abuse was being covered up by members of another community of the AUB? How would they know everything that goes on in the group anyway? So is there abuse in the AUB? Uh, do they cover it up? Is a lot of, 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 of abuse covered up or denied? And how do they deal with the abusers? It depends on what family you're in. Okay. It really does, you know, because there's, uh, I've heard of stories uh, where there was sexual abuse going on and they excommunicated the boy, even though it had happened to him and his parents and all the people that had sexually assaulted him were okay, but he, he was really um, excommunicated mm. and shunned. Mm. I know him personally, his story. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and then of course he goes to the Mormon church now because that's where he found a safe place to mm -hmm. land mm -hmm. where a lot of them go. Um, anyway, does that answer your question? Uh, well, there, so there are abuses in the AUB to answer oh, her question. There are abuses. Yeah, it's a cool, <clears throat> And honestly. they do cover it up. Yes, they cover it up. Yeah. Um, There's many <clears throat> leaders who've been in like... One has been in prison. He's in prison for life for mm -hmm. sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, I can count five <clears throat> of the five leaders that it all came out. They were sexually abusing their daughters. So it is, it, and then it's all through the community. Yeah. It, it's epidemic level, I think, in all the polygamy groups because they're such close communities and their basic doctrine is sexually motivated. Oh, yeah, so and they what, don't even realize that. You really that. couldn't expect much else, oh, Because they teach that God came and had uh, relations with his 14-year-old daughter. Yeah. So if God's doing it, what's the problem if they're doing it? Right, and, exactly. And I was in a meeting where the leader, ONA Allred, actually got up and said, there's uh, something that one of the leaders wants to say, one of the apostles, and he got up and said, there'll come a day where we will have to sleep with our daughters to keep the lines oh, pure. Oh, my word. And so he talked that publicly, and I was sitting there just shocked. Oh, I was 22, word. and I was like, <clears throat> is anyone going to correct him? No one said anything. And he w he's actually the current leader now that said that. The, the current leader is the one he's said the that? One that said really? that. But at the time, he wasn't the current leader. Yeah, so yeah. he said that. And so wow. who knows? what was happening well, in his own family. And, and Brigham Young taught that, um, yeah, what happened in his family is another story. Um, and Brigham Young taught that brothers and sisters would marry. And so we see that in the polygamy groups going on constantly. Oh, there's so many. The Kingston group marries half-brothers and sisters. Yeah, there's in, in our group, like a man will take a woman and she has several children. They grow up as siblings. And then they marry each other. That happened in my family, mm -hmm. personally. So incest is in the AUB. It happens in so many families. Yeah. But they don't, they think, well, that's another child from another, you know, father. So there's no reason they can't marry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, they justify a lot of, of their uh, bad beliefs. This next question says, do these groups still follow so-called prophets? And then she says, like, if a prophet has a talk with God and says that God wants a 12-year-old girl to be married, are the followers going to do it? Or is this a thing of the past? My question would be, if God came to him and told him to marry off a 12-year-old girl to some guy, would he have to remind God it's against the law? Probably. <laughs> God's not going to tell anybody to marry off a 12-year-old. Well, that's kind of exact. Like, in our group, that never happens. Warren Jeff's group, it mm -hmm. did. But that's extreme. Uh-huh. You know? But there, I remember this the talks and meeting where... I'd hear men say, if the prophet tells you to do something, you have every right to go and ask God, but your answer better be yes. It better be the same as the <laughs> prophet's answer, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so part two of her question is, who are the people in these groups who claim to be their prophets? I mean, are they self-proclaimed prophets? Are they people that, that, that God calls with a loud voice? How do they know they're prophets, and who are these guys? So they're... The group was all one group originally mm -hmm. um, in the beginning. And then when Rule and All Red was called by Joseph Musser, um, if I'm getting that right, forgive me if I'm not, it's been a couple of years since I've been in there, but um, there was a split. And most of them stayed with the Jeff's group, Warren mm -hmm. Jeff's group now. And then their Rule and All Red started its own group. Right, the AUB. Right. And... Well, it was the All Red group then. It wasn't the AUB yet. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was the, All the All Red group. group yeah. Right. Because Rulon All Red started it. Right. And so, and then they, the next person they called, I, <coughs> I would assume under Rulon, was Owen All Red, and then Lemoyne Jensen, or no, then Marvin Jessup, and then Lemoyne Jensen, and then I think Lynn Thompson. And so yeah. that's why in the All Red group, the AUB now, that's why there's such a split because it always would go from the next person called. Mm -hmm. And when Ru Owen Allred called Lynn Lemoyne Jensen instead of Marvin Jessup, who should have been the next leader, there was a ruckus. But then when Lynn Lemoyne Jensen called uh, Lynn Thompson rather than Marvin Jessup, so there was a huge split. And so mm -hmm. now people are going to the church. People are becoming Christians. People are becoming atheists. They're leaving um, because they don't yeah, agree with the and, apostolicity. Yeah. And then my husband was called as second. Now, this has never happened in, in all the ages. My husband was called second leader to second the current. Second in command or second, so to speak. Yeah, second. In authority or whatever. And he was told that. Uh, Lynn Thompson was not able, was not to do anything without my husband's okay or approval or checking in with him, um, which I heard that never happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he was told to because he'd have had embezzlement issues and and all these mm. things come up with, yeah. and everyone knows that it's public knowledge. So these so these men who are prophets of the groups are put in their positions because they believe God has called that person to that position. Yeah, he was called by the leader and, and ordained. Right. So there's a there's like an order to things. Right. And that's there the, should be an order to things, be, but there's not. Kind of an order. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, I hope that answered your questions uh, properly or thoroughly enough. Our, our, our next question is, are the Kingstons and the AUB even still operating now? I can't seem to find anything recent about them. Now, there is a lot going on with the Kingstons uh, and the AUB, obviously. The AUB, there's not in the news as much as the Kingstons are, or even as the FLDS was. Um, but that just proves they're more secretive, that they're very yeah. secretive. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the current status of the AUB. Of course, they're still operating. And why oh, don't yeah. we hear much about them in the news? Well, they don't want to be in the news. <laughs> They're very private people. Mm -hmm. They're very secretive. And but they, they have been in the past. They have, they've had scandals in the past. The yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of scandals. Um, but they, who likes that to be broadcast? Right. So right, right now, they don't really want to talk to the, the news. So and there's not really a lot going on, but they are still alive and well. Oh, they're and alive flourishing and well. And, and, yeah, and doing their polygamy. They're flourishing. And... You know, they're splitting up, though. They've lost a lot of members. Good. They, <laughs> praise the Lord. They're yeah. coming to know the truth. I and they don't they have do. to be trapped there. I hope they do. Now, and, and I've talked about the Kingstons on a couple of previous shows. They're in the news. Uh, so I don't know what news you, that she's reading that she hasn't heard about it. But the Washakie almost billion dollar tax credit that the Kingstons cheated the government out of in, at the Washakie biofuel scandal. More recently, the Kingstons have been in the news regarding uh, their operation of a charter school, the Vanguard Academy, where um, they have re received thousands of dollars of taxpayer funded money. Uh, to fund their prejudiced and religious charter school. And they're also being investigated for receiving PPP COVID funds under suspicious claims. So, mm -hmm. And we talked about that in detail in part one of this series. So the Kingstons, as well as the AUB and the FLDS, uh, have more money than any of us will probably ever see. And they replicate the church's example. A lot of money is never enough. And they are greedy and power hungry. Yeah, and I'm going to say something right there is I really, there's a scripture that talks about these Pharisees that rob widows. Rob widows' houses. Uh, yeah, and take their houses. And I know of so many homes that have been stolen from widows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same in the Kingston group. Same there. Um, Same there. They'll take them. And they don't believe in, in um, inheritance. They'll just take them from them. Yeah, and the scriptures, you know, say that a good man will leave his children's children in inheritance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just amazing how different the God of the Bible is rather than the God of, mm -hmm. of polygamy. And what they teach. Exactly yeah. right. I'm the glad lies. you made that point. It's a good point. And I'll have to dig into that a little more on a future program because that's really good. The next point, that question that she's asked, is about the Browns again. And she says the Browns celebrated Joseph Smith's birthday on television. And then the husband said they weren't going to do so anymore. Do you know why? Do these polygamous groups celebrate Smith's birthday like a holiday? Now, again, this is a question, a personal question in the Brown family that, you know, unless you're part of the family, you probably wouldn't yeah. know the answer. I don't know the, the Browns particular, uh, what they do, but I can tell you mine. Growing up, a lot of people celebrated Joseph Smith's birthday and took a lot of pride in it mm -hmm. instead of Christmas. Mm -hmm. So my sister wife's mother, Rulin Allred's wife, 
um, she it was a big deal that she had a big party for Joseph Smith, and they do it on New Year's. So Whoa. they wouldn't do a Christmas, but they do a big party. And I knew of many families in Pinesdale that would do big parties for Joseph Smith's birthday. Now, Joseph Smith's birthday and, is near Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, and, and in our group, the AUB, yes, it's the 23rd of December. 23rd, yeah. So okay. in our group, they, they do Christmas too, but my husband actually refused to do, do Christmas. But he, we would always honor Joseph Smith, and especially in the community, we'd have a big celebration. The Relief Society would usually put on a program honoring him and sing praise to the man and it it was uh to just we worshiped him with all of our yeah. heart we loved yeah. we loved him with yeah. all of our heart yeah and um now we don't know of course why cody brown said they wouldn't celebrate it anymore joseph smith's birthday hmm. I, I have no idea good, i didn't I even like heard about it that. yeah why? um it doesn't matter but to many of them, Jesus' birthday is not as important as Joseph Smith's. Like you said, the AUB, uh, the FLDS, they didn't even do holidays. Um, but they would celebrate Joseph Smith's birthday. Um, previously, uh, the LeBaron yeah. group would, would not celebrate Christmas, but they would celebrate Joseph Smith's birthday. And I was either checked out mentally or deaf that day that they taught about Joseph Smith and the Kingston group because I didn't even know when his birthday was. <laughs> uh, and we celebrated Christmas, the Kingston's. We didn't celebrate his birthday at all. Um, and in fact, we had a Christmas program. We did the Christmas tree. We did the gifts and the whole bit. You know, it, yeah. it was on a poverty level, but we still did, you know. Yeah. My husband was very opposed to Christmas, so we ne hmm. I never, that was like the last Christmas I was with him, I did Christmas for my kids, and I got a lot of Flack shaming. from it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shaming from my husband, because I did that, but. Um, well, that's too bad, because Jesus is the Savior, not Joseph Smith. Yeah. Jesus alone is the Savior. The final question and we can take a lot of time to answer this one. I think we should take a, a, a good amount of time because it's dealing with the temple marriages again. And there are some things we need to talk about. Um, she asks, why are temple marriages kept so secret? Nobody will discuss it. Is it true that a husband gives his wives a secret name? Is it true the only way for a woman to enter his kingdom depends on her husband calling her name? So, now, first of all, the AUB does not build all these money-wasting buildings like the Mormon Church does. But they do have a place that they call their holy temple where they perform their endowments and their marriages and their rituals and all of that. Why is it so secret? And we talked about this a little bit last time, but let's talk about it a little bit more. Why are people not allowed to talk about it? Why cannot you tell others what happened in your temple well, experience? <laughs> well, we're taught that it's so sacred, but honestly, it's the blood oaths that are taken in that temple that you cannot, we're, we, it's like you are afraid to say anything because of those blood oaths. You're swore to secrecy through a blood oath that if you say anything, your life will be taken you know, you actually do the motions of slitting your throat and disemboweling yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> so... And that's on secrecy, right? Oh, that's so that's secret. The secrecy. They say it's sacred, but I don't see what's so sacred about that. It's demonic. Now I understand God keeps bringing me more and more truth and learning 
that it is exactly the same thing they do in the satanic priestcraft temples and, and it's worship. a replication of a lot of Mosat Masonic rituals as yes. well. And the name that I was given, I found out everyone that day was given the same name. That really broke my heart. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't so special after all. Right. And there's nothing really special about it. So and what they're it doing, was Mary, it sounds and, like that what and the then AUB my husband was is, given. is the same thing as the LDS does in their temple. A lot of the same. It's exactly the same as the temple. In fact, one of our members got, stole all of the temple, uh, the temple ordinances. He stole it because he was in the Mormon temple and he was asked to get like all of them and and give them to the leader. So it, it's almost exactly the mm. same. And. Of course. So when my, the your name, you got your name, and it's the same name that everybody. That's what the Mormons do. Yeah, that's what do. And then my husband, of course, I couldn't know his name, and I felt gypped. I'm like, oh, he knows mine, but I don't know his name. And then, of course, he raises you from the dead. And it just shocked me when I was reading the Bible and found out Jesus is the one that calls me forth. <laughs> yeah. And that was the best feeling. Yeah. And yeah. that he, it's Jesus that will call me by a new name. Right. And they right. took everything Jesus does and put themselves, inserted themselves. They say, your husband's your savior. Mm -hmm. He's the one that will resurrect you. All those are so... And, and your husband actually told you when you left... He told you and reassured you that he would save you and your kids, right? Oh, when I went, yeah. He he, he was like, I will save you and the children. And I had become a Christian. He... And I said, Jesus has already saved me. You don't have to do that. And he How said, would he save you? How would he do that? He, he, because he was so perfect. He's a savior on Mount Zion. He's got all the temple ordinances. They teach that if, uh -huh. if you're a savior on Mount Zion, you'll be saving your posterity and their posterity wow. by, by their good works because they're so perfect and they're so... And so all this is supposed to happen in the resurrection? Is that when it's supposed to happen? I had no idea. I didn't ask him when he was going <laughs> When he would no, save you. No, <laughs> but it was a tender moment because he was just trying to say, I'm going to save you. Don't, don't be afraid. And I just said, Jesus already did. You don't have to. And he said, well, you have to keep all the laws and commandments, too. That was his comeback. And I was just like, and so oh, he, what's that scripture in Ephesians 2? We're, we're, not, we're saved by grace, not by works. Not by works, that no man can boast. That no one can boast, yeah. But, but he felt that he had lived a good enough life and done all of his works enough, well enough so that he could save you and all of his wives. Yeah. And kids and their kids and... Mm -hmm. And so on. Yeah. Uh, now, you talked about being in the AUB temples where they receive their second anointings. What are they? What are the second anointing? A second anointings. Um, that's where you are crowned king and queen of the earth. And basically, they give you, like, you've arrived. You've accomplished everything. You're saved. There's nothing you can do. So that's what the LDS teaches as well. If you get your second anointing, oh, it's the same thing. You can't Joseph lose Smith. your you salvation. You can't lose it. So yeah. when when I left, and when I did get my second anointing, I heard a voice. I f felt like it was the, the Lord Jesus whisper in my the in my mind, or the still small voice. Um, it's because of me you were saved. 
And I thought, not all of this. I don't need all of this. And God was was right then, like, awakening me mm-hmm. that I didn't need all these works. Yeah. And, and I realized, how come I'm so privileged to get this and, uh, you know, become queen and king of the earth? But there's so many in our group. There's such wonderful, loving people who only have one wife, and they're just so wonderful. But they can't have this ordinance because they don't have three wives. Yeah. And they yeah. it just left so many people out. And in that, we also were taken into the Holy of Holies. And when I went into the Holy of Holies, I thought I'd see the mercy seat. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's what, it, to me, it's all about, the Savior. <clears throat> and what I saw was Joseph Smith, a, a stained glass mural of Joseph Smith, oh seeing the Father and the Son. And this a thought came to me, this is all about Joseph Smith and glorifying yeah, him. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. about Jesus in the mercy seat, wow. which really was funny that I even cared about that. And my husband said, this is the true temple. Hmm. The LDS church doesn't even have a holy of holies in it anymore because hmm. they don't do this higher, higher anointing. And, and what is very interesting is, according to the Old Testament temple, <clears throat> The Holy of Holies, only the high priest could go in the Holy of Holies, and he could only go in there once a year. If anybody else went in there, God would strike him dead. That was the Old Testament temple. So they have not copied the temple at all. They've made up their own. It's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and now Jesus is the high priest. I mean, that's yeah. so amazing. He is the high priest. I don't need to go... That's why the veil was torn in two when he died on the cross, because now anybody can go and approach God. Yeah, and that's the most liberating, freeing, transforming feeling to realize that I can go to the Lord, and I'm in the Holy of Holy when I I just call upon His name. Well, He lives in you. Yeah, He's there. So you are the Holy of Holy. With Christ living in oh, you. I love that, Doris. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, I hope we've answered our viewers' questions. Me there too. were a lot of them, <laughs> but and I hope this gave you some insight into the AUB and also other polygamy groups. Uh, polygamy is a counterfeit pathway. It's filled with thorns and thistles and potholes and sharp rocks and poisonous doctrines. <laughs> and their road does not lead to God's kingdom or to God's heaven. Thanks, Karen, Amen. for sharing. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Those who were not born and raised in a brainwashing cult like we were, uh, and they use highly effective mind control techniques, they will never understand the struggle and the pain and the guilt and the fear that torments the people who leave and want, or wants to get out. It's a nightmare, and it's filled with fear and shame and shunning, and probably the loss of everything and everyone that they ever knew or loved. A huge fear of losing God's favor and eternal life is a big factor because that's what you've been told all your life. Some people can overcome this struggle more easily than others. Some people will stuff it and and live a productive life, but it's still there deep inside and rises up from time to time to torment the mind. The only true healing comes through Jesus Christ. He told us that he came to set the captives free. And until I learned uh, and turned to him, learned about him and turned to him, I never experienced that healing and freedom and peace. That's why we do this program, because we want those to turn in Mormonism, polygamy or the LDS church, to turn from Mormonism to Jesus Christ, because it's good to reject the religion and the lies, but don't reject Jesus. They lied about him too. 
Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.